the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Friday, June 2nd, 2023. I am Seth Liebson, and uh, it's Open Lines Friday. We made it through another week. The key to entry is 602-508-0960, Anything you want to talk about, that's what uh, we're here for. Got Bill over here on a slightly injured list. You going to be all right there, buddy? You're powering through. You're such a Spartan man of the injury list. You never take anything. You just, you all natural it, don't you? You let the regular normal antibodies do their work. Never a, never a thing. Good on you. It's not serious, folks. Is that fair to say? It's not. Yeah, no, it's just a tweaked muscle uh, in the neck. David Dahl, producer's chair. Good to see you, brother. Uh, in fine fettle, in high salubrity, and uh, wearing an interesting getup. We'll get to all of that later. <laughs> all right. First, I should like, as our primary season is already at near fever pitch, to present a postulate. It is this. The policy differences between Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis, and for that matter, either of them and the rest of the Republican field, are small. The policy differences are either nearly indistinguishable or microscopically different. Yes, the campaigns will wage battle against each other about who may have executed better on those policies and preferences in their various offices, but they will be and are about the execution, rarely the policy. Take the fight on COVID policy as but one example. It's about personnel and execution, not direction. It's about who directed us in that direction better or faster not whether the direction was pointed in the right direction. It's about here where my nearly exhausted analogy comes in. You may prefer ribeye, and I may prefer New York strip, but neither of us is a vegetarian, nor either of us a politarian or a pescatarian. This is also where I must quote from Peggy Noonan's woefully inapt column in the Wall Street Journal today. Bear with me. She writes something that a lot of people are saying, and I think we need to deal with it. Quote, if Trump Republicans propelled Donald Trump over the top in the primaries, they will be doing and will have done two things. They will have made him their nominee for the presidency, and they will have ended the Republican Party. She goes on, I don't mean this rhetorically in the way of people walking around the past eight years crying the party I knew is gone. I mean it literally. The GOP will disappear as a party, meaning the primary national vehicle of conservative thought and policy will disappear. She digs deeper a bit later in the column. If the party chooses Trump in 2024, it will mean it has changed its essential nature and meaning, and that it is split in a way that can't be resolved by time. Republicans of the suburbs of the more educated and affluent places won't agree to be the official Trump forever party. They just won't. They will leave. Some will go third party and try to build something there. Some will blend into the Democratic Party and hope they can improve things there. 
But there will be no Republican Party after a Trump 24 race, which, again, means the vehicle of conservative thought and policy will be gone and the entire field will be left to the Democratic Party, close quote. If Ron DeSantis is making his case that he's Trump but with competence or would enact a Trump-style agenda better than Trump did, what are we, or I should say, what is Peggy thinking? How could she be talking about the essential nature and meaning of the party if the policies are the same? Name me one major policy DeSantis and Trump and Scott and Ramaswamy and Elder and Nikki Haley, who worked for Trump, disagree on. Uh, For the last I checked, the Republican Party and its platform, as well as the conservative movement and its tablets, were not about tests of personality. You think Calvin Coolidge had a winning personality? He hardly would talk to anyone. Or Bob Dole, he was known as a dismissive and cynical man of bitter temperament. Today, people say they are Goldwater Republicans and that Donald Trump doesn't represent the party of Barry Goldwater. Might we look at what the Peggy Noonans of the day were saying about Barry Goldwater in his prime and when he was the standard bearer of the Republican Party? Stephen Hayward took us down that memory lane. Martin Luther King said, quote, we see dangerous signs of Hitlerism in the Goldwater campaign. Civil rights activist Roy Wilkins said Goldwater's election would bring about a police state. Ever heard of the Fulbright Scholarship named after Senator J. William Fulbright? Senator Fulbright said, quote, Goldwater Republicanism is the closest thing in American politics to an equivalent of Russian Stalinism. Pat Brown, Jerry's dad, said Goldwater's acceptance speech had the stench of fascism. All we needed to hear was Hal Hitler. Jackie Robinson said, quote, I would say that I now believe I know how it felt to be a Jew in Hitler's Germany, close quote. Let me go on. San Francisco Mayor John Shelley said, quote, the Republicans had Mein Kampf as their political Bible. Many in the press happily joined that chorus. Columnist Drew Pearson, for example, wrote that, quote, the smell of fascism has been in the air at this convention, close quote. And a Chicago paper headline, quote, GOP convention 1964 recalls Germany 1933. Not to be outdone, Daniel Shore of CBS News simply made up a story or passed along a rumor too good to check that Goldwater was in touch with the right wing in Germany. The London Observer, usually a sober publication, found, quote, disquieting similarities between Hitler and Goldwater. And the media, of course, made much of a trumped-up poll of 1,189 psychiatrists who thought Goldwater was physically unf- psychologically unfit to be president. And, of course, you had Republicans like Nelson Rockefeller and George Romney, themselves candidates for the presidency, calling Goldwater an extremist. Which is why Goldwater said extremism in the defense of liberty is no vice. It wasn't a message to or about Vietnam or the USSR or even Lyndon Johnson. It was a response to Rockefeller and Romney, fellow Republicans. Now, of course, it is a very legitimate debate to argue about electability. But arguments about electability are arguments about strategy and calculation, not policy, not fundamental nature and essence. So why would a big and old thing, and in this case the thing is a political party, be destroyed and entered, ended over a strategic political error or even several strategic political errors? And, like it or not, there is a fair debate to be had as to whether personality, personality, personality plays into this. And if, in fact, DeSantis's personality is, in point of fact, more winsome than Donald Trump's. 
as of this moment, just today, I think it might be fair to say that Ron DeSantis is not loved, and he's testing whether he is liked. I think it might also be fair to say that Donald Trump is not liked, really, by anyone, but is loved by a great deal of people. I could be wrong, but I think, as of just today, that's likely fair. And if so, how does that play out in winning a national election? We can't, and by we, I really mean Peggy Noonan, we can't possibly know. In 1979 and 1980, there were columns over and over again about Ronald Reagan not being electable. But since conservatives take our party seriously, I think it's important to understand that anyone who tries to distill and graft Dale Carnegie's prescriptions upon an electorate will fail, and it has failed again and again and again. The field will be abandoned to Democrats if Trump is the nominee, really? The party will end. It'll be the end of the Republican Party. People will take a vacuous mind and socialist anti-American policies over someone whose personality they dislike when it comes not to a dinner party, but commanding in chief our ship of state and protecting and defending the American people and her constitution. If they are willing to do so, what does it say about their commitment to the party or the country in the very first instance? Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and the rest are running against the following. And both and all of them think the following are bad. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended riots in our streets. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended, even initiated, dual national anthems. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the judicial usurpation of traditional and constitutional laws on public mores and morality, like the protection of the beginning of life, and then moved from a potentially sensible series of protections of women and doctors to the defense and even encouragement of the taking of life up to, and in some cases, even after the moment of birth. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the physical shredding of a United States president's State of the Union address as if it were merely the document of one party. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the separating of people by race in violation of every ethos, the long march of civil rights in such cases as the Brown versus Board of Education decision established. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the reestablishment of the doctrine of separate but equal. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the notion that our Constitution should tolerate racial categorization and is not and should not be colorblind. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the divorce, if you will, of parental authority over their children when it comes to something as radical as changing a child's sex or gender. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended that it is affirmation therapy to change a child's sex and gender. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the effort for boys to use girls' restrooms and girls to use boys and for boys to compete in women's sports. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the destruction of everything we used to call nature. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the notion that five-year-olds should be taught to be ashamed of either their sex, their race, or both. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the notion that the police as an institution everywhere are racist, requiring abolishment or defunding. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the notion that this country is systemically racist. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the notion that one of the two major parties is a party of fascism, as the chairman of the other party routinely says. 
a party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the notion that only one side of the political spectrum is entitled to freedom of speech. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the notion that the Second Amendment to our Constitution is outdated. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the notion that federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies can and should interfere in elections and coerce school board meetings. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the governmental mandate to inject medicines into human bodies against their will with the penalty of job loss. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the use of children to soothe adult anxieties in the name of protection against a virus that does not affect otherwise healthy children. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended the ongoing destruction of our sovereignty, if not an invasion of our border and refusal to enforce the sanctity of our border. A party that has allowed for and tolerated and defended a growing crisis of rising crime and chronic homelessness destroying not only entire neighborhoods, but increasingly cities, never mind the individuals themselves. All that is less dangerous than a personality you do not like should Republicans nominate that person. And if the personality of that Republican is more important than all that, you have to question their priorities. To think that, much less to argue that, is to surrender not just your Republican Party credentials, but all common sense. And again, to predict at this point that one person is more electable than another is just foolish. What Peggy Noonan may forget and certainly does not like is that some people may like different personalities than she does, but it does not mean they love the country any less. We speak about not putting personalities above principles here. How about not putting them above the entire country? I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We will deal with that on the next break, Mr. Dahl. Yes. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. What did you learn this week, by the way? And what's your political pin say? All right, we'll start with the pin. I've got one that says, We the people want McCarthy. And this is a reference to what we talked about uh, yesterday. 1968? Yes, whether we're living in 1968 or 1980. I'm convinced that we're living in 1980 for the yeah. 2024 election, and I think you're on the 68 side. I don't know. Yeah, it's, I, I, yeah, I don't think I have a side. I think it's an open question. Um, well, maybe we should ask some callers to call in on yeah, that. Right, yeah, right. Sure, certainly. Um Again, the question, yeah, very much alive. The economy and the world stage, America in the world, in the world sphere, the march of a communist country uh, taking over others uh, very much looks like 79, 1979. Um, a president that can't seem to do anything but make mistakes still seems like 1979. Um, a Kennedy running against an incumbent Democratic president looks very much like 1979. Uh, and um, a Republican nominee who a lot of people say wasn't electable, looks like, mm-hmm. very much, 1980. Uh, what am I missing on the analogs there? I'll do 1968. Did I miss one? For that- 1980, oh, we could go further. We have a, a cabinet-level official, yeah. former cabinet-level official who's running for the nomination. Yeah. Uh, a governor of California who's got his eyes on the yeah. job. In 80, it would have been Jerry Brown. Yeah. Um, 
That's right. You've got a former vice presidential nominee, in this case a vice president, who's yeah, the top right. job. that's right. Bob Dole ran in yeah, 1980. That's right. That would have that's been right. the, the correlation. Yeah. A couple of, uh, you might say, no-name congressmen yeah. that uh, want to put their hat in the yeah. ring. To, sure, to you had that. The, yeah, Good. Yeah. Good on you. 1968, you had another Kennedy, in this case Robert Kennedy Jr.'s Robert, dad, yeah. uh, challenging an incumbent Democrat. He and the person whose pin you're wearing, McCarthy, were doing so well in the primaries it convinced Lyndon Johnson not to run for re-election. There is speculation about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's maybe that's all the comparison there is. Is there an unpopular war, sort of, uh, not on the same scale, but sort of? Yeah. Is there any other? Maybe there are maybe it maybe third party possible rumors we've talked about that with George third party Wallace. rumors yeah yeah, yeah um, the George Wallace candidacy. but in terms of the Republican field the Republican field in '68 looks very different than the Republican yeah. field today yeah you had sort of a, 1968 uh, there's a great book on it by the way Nixon Agonistes have we talked about it yes you you've one of the greatest political it, yes. books of all time by Gary Wills he wrote it when he was a conservative Gary Wills is now known as a liberal and he was a conservative one of three conservatives Bill Buckley hired who later became regrettably liberal. Um, but Gary, it's a great book. It's a great book. Um, Reagan had a moment at the 68 Republican. He made a little oh, bit sure. of an effort. He got the second highest amount of delegates after Nixon. After Nixon, yeah. And uh, yeah, I think it's it's probably more of a 79-80. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it probably is. Why are you laughing? Well, I, that, does that mean I win? <laughs> well, was I so firm in 68? I don't know. Maybe yesterday you All right. were. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. All right. I could have gone down on that litany, folks, uh, a, a lot. I, I could have done a lot more with that litany, um, and uh, it, it, particularly having to do with, uh, with lies and the economy. But one of the things that – you know, a friend of mine sent me this story – um, because these stories, unfortunately, come to us here and there, but it's an ongoing problem. This this just ought to have the country's hair on fire. We get our hair on fire about the wrong things. It means we're a bit deprioritized or misprioritized might be the better way. Here, let me just give you a sentence. It should have your hair on fire. With an unknown volume of fentanyl and other drugs pouring through the southern border between ports of entry and Arizona, federal agents recently seized enough fentanyl to kill more than 450 million people at several ports of entry and checkpoints. That's not a typo, and I didn't misspeak. Federal agents recently seized enough fentanyl to kill more than 450 million people at several ports of entry and checkpoints. Before I go further with this story, and I'll do it on the other side of the break because I'm hitting a break, Remember the old saying about fighting terrorism? The anti-terrorism efforts have to be right all the time. The terrorists just have to be right once. Think about that. Think about the southern border and fentanyl when seizures just captured enough fentanyl to kill more than this entire country. This entire country plus a third. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back.
Good work. That's nice. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. Russia, India, Saudi Arabia, Brazil, China, they're all conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. And the Biden administration sends hundreds of billions of dollars abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency. It's real. The patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation and the vets at the Midas Gold Group see devastating implications. The end of financial privacy, the end of cash, big government able to see your every purchase, ties to social credit. Own private currency, gold and silver. Now get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 480-360-3000. That's 480-360-3000. MidasGoldGroup.com. We, we, we invest a lot in music here because it's a big part of our culture. And as Shakespeare said, he who is not moved by music is to suffer all forms of stratagems. Cynthia Whale, one of the great uh, greatest songwriters of our age, just passed away at the age of 82, the author of several famous songs, one of them of late, David Dahl's favorite song, You've Lost That Loving Feeling, which she wrote for the Righteous Brothers. You may know her from, uh, she helped out Dolly Parton with Here You Come Again. Her biggest one probably uh, on Broadway, uh, which was most famously done, I think, by George Benson, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, They say the neon lights are bright on Broadway. Yeah, yeah. Why are you looking at me? Weird. Because I don't remember who actually did that, but I know it's a it's George a, it's Benson. A band. I think it was oh, not originally. Yeah, you're right, not originally. Uh, just a lot. He's so shy for the Pointer Sisters. Anyway, um, thank you to those who give us music. Mike is in Maricopa. Hello, Mike. Yes. Good afternoon, Seth. How are I, you? I I am doing excellent. And you? I'm fine, thank you. Good. Uh, you didn't sound. That wasn't the I feel fine. I know. What? I, I agree with you. I agree. It didn't come out that way. I, I, I meant it was, to sound relaxed. It was pathetic. It was. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> full of pathos is what you meant. Yes. <laughs> yes. You're right. I'm sorry. I didn't catch that woman's name that was Cynthia Weil. Yeah. Cynthia Weil. She, uh, she did a lot of great music and for the Righteous yeah. Brothers, for Dolly Parton, for Lionel Richie, for George Benson. Just a great, wow. great, great writer. Anyway, she and her husband did a lot together. Yeah. Okay, to the subject. Yes. First off, I want to thank you very much for letting me on last Friday and discussing Memorial Oh, it was thank so you. meaningful. I loved it. Very good. Uh, as a follow-up, we had about 75 people that showed up at our Veterans Center for our flag raising. That's ceremony. wonderful. It is. It Each year, you know, we get 10 here. Next time we get 20. Did you have some, and, some, some younger folks there? Was it mostly a, a slightly older crowd? A mix, but Good. but generally uh, the older older crowd. Okay. A lot of us veterans are, um, you know. I would love to put a- young people in the presence of you guys. You know, there's so much to learn from veterans. So much to learn, just even by oh, example. Absolutely. Even if you don't say anything, there's a lot to learn. Yes, 
Oh, we, we, we're, we're picking up more and more people Good. that are coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan. Yes, sir. Uh, there, there has always been a, a, quite a few people from Vietnam, desert Good. storms, things like that, but Good. not so many of the, uh, we'll say, the younger people. And, you know, remember, as you, you recall, when we were talking, you had mentioned the, when you were walking uh, Daphne and you only had about eight flags on your on your street no, yeah uh, Dagny, Dagny Dagny um, Dagny okay. a common mistake but Dagny uh, not eight flags one mine that's it oh there you go yeah. well now here in the housing developments that uh, maybe it's developed over the years but uh, you know, used to it would, it's usually symmetrical. You know, you're going to have divisions of two. You're going to have two, four, six, eight, ten yeah. coming up here. And years ago, you know, there would be ten flags or, you know, six flags or so. And now there were hundreds yeah, of nice. flags ri- li- lining nice. every entrance nice. into these. And that really brought a tear to my nice. eye. I hear the music. I got two more Quick sure. subjects. Can, sure. Okay. At three o'clock on Memorial Day, I played taps in my front yard. I kind of did. I didn't do as good a job on the show. I kind of broke a couple notes, but we did it. All right, we'll be right back. That's George Benson or the Drifters. That one's the Drifted. Uh, go out with George Benson. You can do that. Yeah, yeah. Well done. Thank you. Welcome back. Mike in Maricopa, thanks for your patience. Oh, yes. Thank you for your time, Seth. Yeah, like I said, uh, years ago, uh, you would drive uh, up the up the street, and you'd go a mile, and there would be five, ten flags on out at the entrance to some of these developments. Now it was and festooned, yeah. Old, yeah, I don't know if it's a one-upmanship, but <laughs> yeah, over the years, it's like, man, it's like not only just, you know, uh, a dozen flags out by the entrance, but it's all the way up the Good. the main drag going Good. in there, just hundreds and hundreds. You, you go a mile, and there will be a bunch more. Now, you know, it's interesting because you raise the flag in the morning on Memorial Day, you raise it up to the top, and then you lower it down to half staff until noon. And uh, I had mentioned it to uh, one of our leaders there that uh, it's it's closing in on noon. Do you want to uh, raise the flag all the way up? And their answer was no. And and their, their reasoning behind it was, why is it that all these other people in these groups, they get all these days with their flags flying at half staff, and we only get a couple of hours. Interesting. Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Very and, interesting. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I, I'm I, I appreciate. I, I mean, I take the point. I take the point. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should have a instead of Memorial Day or Veterans Day, we need to have a Veterans Month. Or a yeah, it was just yeah. Month. Maybe maybe it's. I, I was going to say week, but you won't up to me to a month. A I'm, you got the jump on me. That's good. Okay, I'm with well, you. Well, next we'll year we'll work on that. There you go. There you go. And and you know maybe I'm wondering if the person that made our presentation at the ceremony because I re, uh, as I mentioned on last Friday 
that we were going through it, and even though Iraq and Afghanistan has ended, that just recently we had two helicopters right. that crashed at Fort right. Campbell, yep. and the uh, person that made the presentation that uh, he's a Vietnam vet, and he, he recited a lot of the people. He was on a he was a flight engineer on a P three Orion, and some of their people had gotten shot down in the South China Sea off the coast of South Vietnam and mm. and, and and Cambodia, and uh, they were never recovered. And uh, there were I think there's a dozen people on each aircraft. The P three Orion is a, a pretty large four engine turboprop and uh they they got lost somewhere in the sea and mm. so it was uh, a very touching but also during that presentation after he read off the names of the people that perished back in vietnam he also mentioned the uh, nine people that died oh, good. in fort campbell good. kentucky good. so it, this it's an ongoing thing, yes. and the veterans deserve more than you bet. Because great- for some people, the wars and the and the uh, and the and the and the accidents never end. You know, you said Iraq and Afghanistan have ended, but for some people, they've never ended. No. Yep. And and that that's kind of the families another- of those who lost people in those wars. It's never ended, and it never will. No, the fathers, the uncles, hence the word memorial, the brothers, right. right. Yes, uh, whatever happened to their families that were going to be their girlfriends that were left here and they were yep. planning on getting buried when they came back. Yep. It just never happened. Yep. And and another thing, uh, the, the media seems to always constantly get it wrong. They always want to talk about, oh, well, now that our, America's longest war in Afghanistan yeah. is over. Yeah. Well, you know, we withdrew our, our combat troops, the 18th Airborne Corps, out of Afghanistan in 2010. Yeah. We had maintenance people and people doing you know logistics and stuff in afghanistan for 10 years up until 20 but you know the the korean war we signed a a ceasefire with the north koreans so technically the korean war has been going yeah in a way yeah yeah that's a consideration too yeah Yeah. Uh, that longest war business always seems to come with a tinge of criticism for the administration and um Anyway, it's it it is what it is. I mean, it's 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 about how we ended it that's most painful to me. Absolutely. Well, God bless you, Seth, you too. and I really thank you for your time and God bless America. Thanks you too. Thank you very much, Mike. I know it's always uh, important and a meaningful thing when you call and the kinds of things you call about mean a lot to a lot of people. And a lot of this country can't and doesn't uh shall we say, understand the rhythm of that music. And um, that's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because we have people talk. I was talking with Charles Kessler yesterday about the notion of national divorce. You know, so many parts of this country have divorced themselves from the meaningful, durable, and important parts of this country, which are supposed to be rejuvenated, during these holidays of momentous meaning. And Memorial Day is probably the one that should be most pregnant with meaning. It's it's not 4th of July, which is Independence Day, and it's not Veterans Day, which salutes everyone who wore the uniform of the United States. It's a different thing, which is maybe, as I think about it, why it's the only holiday 
that I can think of, the only federal or national holiday I can think of, where I think it's not right to say have a happy blank day, have a happy Memorial Day is not the locution you want. I think it's have a meaningful one, and I can't think of that in regard to any other national or federal holiday. That's the, um, that's the import. That's the distinction. Because I, I'll say it again. Um, for families whose members died in um, combat or in training or in just standing post, it never ends. It never ends. Let me go to uh, Rob and surprise real quick. Hi, Rob. Hi, Seth. Uh, happy Friday to you. Thank I had you. just realized this morning uh, through a contact that uh, June, uh, despite no publicity, is actually also National PTSD Awareness Month. Uh-huh. Now, how many people in the media are actually publicizing this? Well, no, it's Pride Month, Rob. It's, pro- it's Pride well, Month. That's what crowds right. that out. That's what crowds that yeah. out. Well, and, and, and it's yeah, Gun yeah, Violence it's, Awareness Month. Awareness Month. Yeah. No, this is okay. what crowds it out. You know, we just shovel everything yeah. into the same thing as if it's of equal meaning and import. And, yeah, you yeah. think about those soldiers, PTSD, some of whom, many of whom returning have P. It's a serious thing. It's an important thing. Oh, it is. And it's not just limited to the military. No, I mean, it isn't. Got, of course not. Families. Of course. Of course. Of you've course. got, uh, you yeah. know. People in VA hospitals. No, it's a serious. It's 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 a them? serious thing. It's a it's a serious it thing. It's a country. This is about a country. Thanks for reminding us of it, Rob. This is a this is a another category of our or another example of our misprioritization misprioritizing things. Put it that way. Misprioritization. That you know we care about everything but the mind in this country. We care about all kinds of health except mental, and some of it we care too much about. The mental, we seem to never be able to care enough and seem to have problems getting first concerns and cares down pat on it right in the first place. Thanks for the reminder of that, Rob. You hear about a possible recession, you know there is long-lasting inflation. We have the market volatility and banks failing. But why refi has an investment in a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return that's not correlated to the stock market or the Fed? A portfolio where you can turn your monthly income on or off. Your interest is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. There are no fees. Why refi is offering this secure, collateralized portfolio that can give you an up to 10.25% rate of return. That's right, a 10.25% fixed rate of return. Why Refi is local. I encourage you to stop by their offices on Scottsdale Road in the 101. I have. You won't get asked to sign a thing. You won't get a sales pitch. When you meet with the team at Why Refi, you'll see why I trust them, and you can too. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888 888- why refi 34 888Y refi 34. Doug is in carefree. Hello, Doug. Hey, Seth. How are uh, you? Thanks for having me on again. You bet. Yeah, you know, as a veteran who lost troops, you know, basically every day is Memorial Day. Yeah. And 
and and and those kind of things are what give you PTSD and you know and and the question is you know why do veterans you know first of all you know why do they commit suicide mm-hmm. well it's a loss of faith mm-hmm. you know i i went i killed people i lost friends you know and and to what end mm-hmm. what did it achieve mm-hmm. you know and and when those when those achievements are illusory you know or completely you know, given back, like the surrender to the Taliban in mm-hmm, Afghanistan, mm-hmm. It, it, it rocks. It rocks people's faith, of course. And and then the whole guilt thing, the yes. survivors' guilt, yes, guilt, the guilt of killing other people, yes. You know, those, very very strong emotions, yes. And that's what drives a lot of vets, you know, to, to take their lives. But you know, it, yeah, it, it all gets overwhelmed. And and you're right, you know, saying Happy Memorial Day. You know, I, I mean, I don't, I don't like bark at people when they say that because that's just yeah, no, uh, yeah, they don't mean it. They, they don't mean it, it uh, in any in anything but a good sense. But if you think it through, right. it's probably not the right salutation. It, it's not, and it's a little bit grating, and, yep. you, and you kind of grin and bear it. Yep. You know? And yep. yeah, everyone has a barbecue. I'm not gonna, you know, not gonna yell at people for enjoying themselves. Right. I mean, if it's but, a barbecue for the purpose of a good civic ritual of gathering of friends and family to remember the good things, it's okay. I mean, it's more than okay. Yeah. It would be, you know, a blessing. But it would be nice to have more than one day. Yes, it would. Well, I like what um, I look. I like what uh, what uh, Mike said earlier. You know, maybe it's a month. I just don't want it to be crowded out the way we've crowded out as Rob pointed out, PTSD, with other things like Pride Month. We can't... Could anyone opt out of Pride Month notifications from their retailers the way they could opt out of Mother's Day notifications? Do you remember that? We were... These retailers said you can opt out of getting our mothers because mothers are all of a sudden unimportant. All right, folks, we'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 